and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to R.V. Allen Presents Three Ways to Sunday. I am R.V. Allen, and this is the podcast where we look at Bible verses from the perspective of three different people in the Christian community and break them down to see what knowledge we can learn from each other as Christians. If you would like to support the R.V. Allen Show, you are more than welcome to Venmo any contributions you feel you are able to give to RV Allen 425 that's on Venmo that's capital A R V Y capital A L A N 425 that is Venmo um, give if you can if you can't that's okay too today we're going to be talking about contradictions or if you will, verses that have been considered contradictions, but truly are not. According to the person that I talked to for this podcast, a contradiction is something that says two opposite things are true. Um, That is apparently not the case, in his opinion, on the verses that we are about to go over. Um, There's a word for things that seem contradictory, which is paradox as well, Uh, And theological meaning of that word is that two things that seem opposite to us are not necessarily opposite. Um, And he's not sure that any of these uh, fit into that category, although they might pose some problems if you're looking at them in the wrong way. That goes back to the first podcast that I was in last week. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that and you're listening to this one, go ahead and go back and listen to that one. And you'll understand what I'm talking about. When I say that we went over context and how people misread the Bible, um, so go back and listen to that if you're if you're interested in that. Um, but yeah, you have to look at everything in context and what was going on at the time. Now, there are four different comparisons that we're going to do today. Um, I did four because, um, well. Just because. Um, and they were in a list that I came across of a person on a website who was a non-believer. And he decided to go ahead and list all of these contradictions that he saw in the Bible. And all the problems that he saw in the Bible. He listed 25. I'm only done four because most of the other ones were all time related. Um one says 15 while the other says five or you know and to me that is just a totally other subject uh but put into uh, a little nutshell it's time and it's a perspective of a bunch of different people not everybody's going to have the same recollection or the same memory um if you ask me how long before i started walking as a child, I don't know. Maybe I was, you know, three, two. I don't know. Uh, my mom could tell you something totally different. Oh, he was one and a half or whatever, you know. It really doesn't matter. We all have different perspectives about what we see, how we see it, uh, you know, when we've seen it. Yeah, it, it, Our memories are not all the same. When you get older, they slip even further. Go ahead and ask an older person. Uh, you know, something they did when they were 25, and they're going to, you know, some things are going to remember spot on, some things are going to be like, I did what? You know, so it's, you know, 
it's catch as catch can on that. Um, but not all recollections of the same event are going to be the same uh, when you put two um, accounts side by side of two different people. It's just, it, it's not feasible. Um, but anyway, I digress. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We're going to be discussing that. Um, and that says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast. I think we talked a little bit about that last week. Um, and James 2.24 says, You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Well, in the perspective of the guy that I talked to, um, who actually uh, was the first person I talked to, not the same person as last week, but that's neither here nor there, he says that in Ephesians, Paul's referring to how someone comes to know Jesus um, in the first three chapters. How, uh, how you know Jesus uh, and your your relationship with him, um, you're not to you're not to boast about it. You're not to you know, ha ha, I got a relationship with Jesus and you don't, you know that type of thing, um, or make it seem like it is something that climbs your social status or anything of that nature. Um, and in James. Um, the message is how to respond to so-called Christians who are not living according to what they've been called. Uh, see in Ephesians 2.10 that Christians are called to good works um, after they have been saved by grace through faith. It is a fruit of salvation. It seems James is calling that into question. Uh, he's basically uh saying look are you living by faith are you doing what you need to do um, because you cannot do God's work uh, without faith and you cannot have you know just faith you have to have a balance there um, and the pastor says that in Ephesians Paul is saying that you have are saved by grace through faith. You are not justified by your works, but God has works for you to do. Like we went over that. Um, God has things for you to do. Um, James is saying you're not justified by your works or your righteousness. You're justified by faith. And James also says, if you look in James 2.17, that faith by itself without works is dead. So, in other words, you can't, just like, just like the other guy was saying, you can't have... Uh, you can't works without faith. You can't do works for the Lord without faith in the Lord. Um, it just doesn't work. So you have to have both of those together. You have to have justified saving faith in Christ alone. And when you live in response to the grace that he has given you, you do, you do the good things that he's prepared for you to do. Um, and therefore... It's not a contradiction between the two. Um, you know, you're, 
you're combining the two, James is just comparing the two and combining them, it, they're talking about the same thing pretty much. They're not, they're, there's no difference here. There's no contradiction here. Um, it's nothing, uh, it's nothing new to us to know that if you put some effort into something, whether it's your faith or um, effort into your job or anything like that, that um, rewards come with it. So if you're doing the will of God and you're doing the work of God and you put forth an effort to show your faith in God, uh, you know, then great. That's working together. That's, that's you know, using your faith to do works for God and gaining the faith of others. So it's there's no contradiction in those two verses. Although people will say that, it is not true. The next is a really big one. Proverbs 26.4 and Proverbs 26.5. Now, this one is interesting because it seems to be cut and dry contradiction. Um, it says in Proverbs 26.4, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Proverbs 26.5 says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. But, this is not the case, as if you read them correctly, you will see that they're talking about two different situations. Might be two verses that are right next to each other, but they are talking about two different situations. Now, um... The first person that I talked to um, said that Proverbs is a book that is meant to pin different ideas against each other, forcing you to see opposite opinions. The Proverbs also apply to situational issues, as I just said, rather than general application in many ways. It seems to me that the author is referencing how we are not called to argue someone that is unwilling to be argued against, but we are called to have an answer. Two are not contradictions or paradoxes, but are circumstantial. So, that is what he says about these two. And the pastor says this. Proverbs 26.4, in this one, he is saying that you should acknowledge the foolishness of someone unless you want to look like a fool yourself. And, which... You know, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. So, that kind of makes sense there. The second one means that if a man speaks foolishly, you should answer him, or he will continue to believe in his own foolishness. Um, i heard of people who lie so much that they start to believe their lies. This is kind of the deal. You let somebody believe that, you know something is a certain way in the Christian faith and you don't correct him, then he'll go on to believe that um, even if it's not true. A lot of people who are uh, new in faith, um, new in Christianity, have different ideas that have been put into their head um, that they're not so sure about. And they need the answers for these. Um, to use our faith to help others understand our faith is something that we 
should do. Um, it's something that we should do when we have the ability to do it and when we see that it needs done. Because um, to not say anything is not... Uh, it kind of makes us look bad because we're not correcting them. Uh, we have to do that. Uh, it's not to be rude. It's not to be mean. But it's to show them that, you know, the faith has a, you know, certain way of doing things that um, they may not understand um, or have not been informed about. Um, lack of information and lack of knowledge uh, creates misunderstanding, uh, creates issues within uh, the Christian community, and communication is key because we all need to understand why we come together, why there's fellowship, why we have these Bible studies, why we worship the Lord, why do we do these things? Uh, of course, we know that we do it to glorify the Lord, but let's discuss these things. What differences do we have as Christian people? What can we do to resolve these and come to an understanding um, through the Word? I mean, we uh, uh, the Word is the final gambit there. Um, and we have to come together and discuss these things. Um, which is what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I'm trying to come in and throw out controversial issues. I'm trying to find contradictions. I mean, I looked up contradictions on the internet just to see if I could stir a pot and get somebody interested in listening to a contradiction or a, um, a perspective of the Bible that is negative uh, so that we might shed some light on it and let people know that um, the way that they see things is not the way that it is um, because knowledge is power and I don't want to argue my point I just want to show you my point um, arguing with somebody is not the way to get your point across um, but the proof is in the pudding um, I don't want to sit here and tell you my opinion and say, well, this is right, uh, without saying, this is right and here's why. And the Bible is something that we desperately need in order to prove our point and to prove our side and to prove our faith. And that's what God wants us to do. Prove our faith. Show our faith. Let people know. But... As I'm saying that, we're going into another verse. And that is Matthew 5.16, which says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Glory to Father who is in heaven. Hmm. Yeah, so let your light shine. Let your faith be known. Yes, that is what God is saying. Now let's go to Matthew 6, 1. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward in from... Ugh, excuse me. Then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Now... Sorry about that. I fumbled that uh, verse a little bit. But here's the deal. They are saying a couple of different things here. Uh, 
you know, the person that I talked to uh, says that the Gospels are histories, history of Jesus, uh, the Matthew uh, verses, and our different perspectives. Uh, Jesus warns us not to be like the Pharisees, always trying to get attention and doing things for recognition. Uh, and he wants us to live consistently with what we believe. Uh, that makes sense. Um, he doesn't want us to say, like I said earlier, I'm a better Christian than you. Look at all the things I've done. Look at all the money I've given the church. Look at all these shiny trinkets I've put on the altar. And God doesn't want that. God doesn't want you to boast and brag about your faith and your relationship with him. Because your relationship with him is supposed to be private. It's a personal uh, it's a personal relationship. I don't let you know what's going on behind closed doors with me and my loved one. We don't that's that's between me and her. I don't go boasting about that or talking about that elsewhere. Uh, private things are private. Um, with God, your relationship, your worship, your prayer, everything that you do uh, in your relation, personal relationship with the Lord is between you and God. I don't want to butt into that. And you shouldn't use that to say you're a better Christian than the guy next door or what have you. That's that's kind of what I think they're saying. But the pastor has said this. If you will give me just a minute here to let you know that it is... Aha, there it is. Pastor says the first one's letting you... Uh, is saying let your light shine and let your faith be known. Who is it that you are trusting in and giving all the glory? Um, this is something that God has called us in his word to participate in. Giving him the glory, let people know who we're worshiping, let people know about Jesus. It's called discipleship, people. We're bringing people into Jesus, so how do we do that? We want people to have a personal relationship with Jesus. We want people to have that private relationship I was just talking about earlier with Jesus. But in order for them to do that, they got to learn about him. And where are they going to learn about him except from other Christians, ladies and gentlemen? That is the whole point. So we're not boasting and saying we're better than anybody because we're Christians. We're saying, hey, this is what we are. This is what can God has promised you. This is what we believe in this is where our faith lies come join us and that's a personal choice and that's a personal relationship and from that point that is your choice your uh i'm not going to shove i'm not the type of christian that will shove it down your throat um i will tell you about god and then i will leave it on the table and i will let you decide what you want to do with it but uh you know giving my testimony and letting people know how Jesus affected me in my life, I think is a good way for people to come to Jesus and see that God has worked in my life very vehemently in the past six years. I have been uh, very blessed. And I love to share that with people and let people know what's going on in my life and my 
Christian walk. So, uh, but I don't let people know when I pray. I don't let people know when I worship the Lord. I don't let people know my personal relationship with the Lord. Uh, I don't let people into my private relationship with the Lord. Um, I don't brag about what money I give, what money I tithe, uh, what I do for the church. I don't do any of that because that's not what God wants us to do. Uh, God wants us to preach the word, period. Um, six one is not saying, um, this is the beware of practicing uh, before the people in order to be seen by them. And in Matthew 6, 1, he is saying not to use your religious beliefs and practices to show off for other people. The Pharisees would pray three times a day and every time they would put on their finest clothes and would make it loud and make it known that they were on the way to the synagogue to pray. And Jesus says, don't do your religious practices in front of men to be seen. Don't try to get attention by how religious you are. On one hand, we want to be vocal about who it is that we're trusting in, but we don't want to be vocal about how we try to be righteous or holy. Go in secret to pray and don't brag about what you give the church. Don't try to use your faith as a stepping stone for salvation by boasting. Uh, let people know who you're trusting in and where your faith lies, but your relationship with the Lord is yours to be addressed privately and all that give to that relationship, including praying and tithing, should be kept to yourself. Uh, and not to inflate one's ego. God calls us to be humble in this instance. Um, and therefore, these are not contradictions. God wants us to be humble. That means let's not blow our heads up and, because we are Christian and think we're better than anybody else. We're not better than anybody else. We're not, you know, standing on a pedestal because we're Christians. We're just Christians. We're people that want to spread the word does it make me any better or any worse than anybody else in the world. I don't have any tears of who's better or who's worse. We're all people. We're all the same race, the human race. Being a Christian is about coming together and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's not about who's better than the other, in my opinion. Now, I want to discuss the last two verses which are two different perspectives of the Bible. Now, um, I didn't get specifics on the first guy that I talked to, so um, he just basically said this. Um, he said that um, Jesus tells Peter not to move in violence in order to incite a rebellion. Lots of those were begun by zealots, which were a group at the time. But apparently he de suggests defending yourself. Now what he means by that is that Matthew 26, 52 says that Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all those who take the sword will perish by the sword. In other words, live by the sword, die by the sword. That's what he's saying there. But in Luke, another gospel... 2236 he says but now that the one who has a money bag take it and likewise a knapsack and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one now that would say that at one point God 
or Jesus is saying, uh, put down the sword. Um, if you use the sword, you're going to die by a sword. Um, but this isn't the case. See, Jesus was being arrested when he said, uh, put the sword back into its place for all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. He was being arrested. Um, and he was telling, I believe, Peter to put his sword away um, because he was afraid that putting more violence into the situation was only going to invite more violence, um, in my opinion. And the one where he's talking about uh, the knapsack, that was before he was arrested. This was before he was... Um, and it was a little bit out of perspective, out of uh, context here, but um, he was saying that he would provide you with what you needed. Uh, did he not give you, in, in the verse before that, he said, did I not give you a knapsack? Did I not give you a money bag? Did I not give you these things? And if you need a sword, will I not give that to you either? Use the things that I have given you to get what you need. Um, you know, he's basically saying, if you need to defend yourself, I will be here for you. This is what I will do for you. Um, but that gets misconstrued as they're saying two different things. Well, they're two different gospels too, but they're two different situations as well. Now, uh, the pastor said, while Matthew was saying that Jesus was saying to put down the sword, uh, he was saying to put away as violence will only feed more violence and it will not help the situation. And this is while Jesus was being arrested. Um, and then in Luke, this is before Jesus was arrested and he was speaking in comparison with what he has and will provide. So these are not contradictions. There are several things that were on that list of contradictions that were... Um, they just weren't contradictions. Um, they were two different perspectives from two different people at two different time periods. Um, you have to understand that if I get into a wreck and I saw things one way, the guy across the street might have seen things a little bit differently and the guy on the other side of the street might have seen things a little bit differently from where he was looking. Um, some people might have thought there was two people in the car, while others thought maybe there was three. Um, you're never, you're going to get conflicting stories no matter what, um, when there's a group of people. Um, you, you know, if there's one or two, you know, you probably get the same story, but if you get a group of people, um, they're going to remember things differently, and it de also depends on how much time has lapsed between the time that the thing happened and the time that you're telling the story or your time that you're asking them to remember it. Like I said, the older you get, the more your memory lapses. Um, if you don't get in there, you know, within the first, you know, little bit of when it happened and, and try to find out and reconstruct the situation um, at that time, at that exact moment or after that exact moment or whatever, if you're not there shortly thereafter, um, things start to deteriorate in the mind. Perspectives get you know, uh, mixed up and it's it, plus in the chaos of things that happen, whether it's a car wreck, whether it's, you know, a speaker or 
when you get a lot of people around talking to people and distractions and things of that nature, people's perspective seems to have a little bit of a wishy-washy type of effect there um, because they're inundated with all of these um, just sounds and and distractions and, and uh, stimulations that they don't normally have. Um, and if you have contradictions that you think are in the Bible, if you have any questions about the Bible, if you have any perspective about the Bible and want to know more about it or think that you're wrong about it or whatever, email me. We'll talk about it. If you want to know more about Jesus, if you want to see what it looks like to follow Jesus, email me. My email is bweeksdeadman at outlook.com. That is B-W-E-E-K-S, deadman, D-E-A-D-M-A-N, at outlook.com. Um, for all of you that are wondering, uh, that is a email that I took because I am a wrestling fan. Um, and it's what they call the Undertaker. He's a wrestler. So that is why the dead man, I will have a more professional email later on. But for now, that is what you will use for my email. Uh, but it doesn't matter what the email is. What matters is what you're going to put in that email. What you're going to put is any questions comments, concerns, um, anything you'd like for me to speak on in this podcast. It would be awesome to hear from you and for you to let me know exactly how you feel and what you'd like me to talk about. Now, I'm not the best person to um, be talking about other things outside of what's Christian, so don't, 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 uh, don't send me emails asking who my favorite basketball player is or or if I saw the game last week, or any of that, you know, let's keep it on topic. Um, just saying, you know, uh, that could be that could be disastrous, man. Um, anyway, another thing that I would like to let you know is that if you'd like to contribute to this podcast, um, you're more welcome to do that as well. Um, I'm actually trucking along with limited means here. I don't have very much um, in way of equipment, and I'm basically going off a PC, a laptop, and a studio mic. That's it. Um, so, if you'd like to contribute to it, um, I will tell you that 10% of anything I do get will go to the district church in Delano, uh, in Wichita, Kansas. Um, so... Anything that is given to me to help with this podcast, 10% of it will go to the church, um, as it should. Um, they have helped me a lot with this and getting perspectives on these Bible verses. Um, like I said, I am open to discussing any Bible verse that you might have questions about or any Bible verse that you would like to see broken down um, and, you know, if you would like to be a person that I get a perspective from, boom, email me. Like I said, that email again is bweeksdeadman at outlook.com. Uh, 
And like I said before, if you'd like to contribute to this podcast and to me, you don't have to. Really not necessary. I can truck along with what I got. I am perfectly content with what I have. Um, but every little bit helps. Um, my Venmo is all I can give you right now. I don't have a cash app or anything like that. I have a Venmo, and that is RV Allen 425. That is capital A R V Y, capital A L A N 425. Like I said, you give whatever you give, 10% of it goes to the church. I want to thank you for listening today. Um, I hope to hear from you soon and have a wonderful day. God bless you.